The following podcast is brought to you by Crosswinds Golf and Country Club in Burlington. Just 45 minutes from downtown Toronto, depending on traffic, you'll find the most beautiful and affordable public golf course in Ontario. Or as they say, Ontario. Outstanding customer service, million-dollar views, fabulous food and bevies, fully stocked pro shop, and a championship golf course that's always in beautiful condition. And if you book your tee time online, you save $10 per golfer. That's uh, carry the two, $40 per foursome, Ooh. enough to have lunch at the Back Nine Bistro. So go to CrosswindsGolf.com, book the tee time, save some dough, and when you get there, make sure you tell them Hebsy sent you. Now, Mike, let's start the podcast. Play La Bamba, baby. <laughs> that didn't last, did it? Hey there, sports fans. Welcome to Hebsey on Sports, episode 288. I'm Mark Hebsher. That's Toronto Mike. And in about 30 minutes, we'll be joined by our special guest today. Actually, not our special guest. He's our guest today. Like a special, special guest would be if you had another guest, either the guest and the special guest, and then you offend the guest. Why am I not a special guest? But anyway, Darren Pang's our guest, a former goaltender, current NHL analyst on TNT, and uh, uh, he does St. Louis Blues games. And one of those guys, you know, you do, you do the games with one team, and then the network calls and says, hey, we need you for the big the big game, the national okay. game. And then he goes off and does that. Anyway, he's going to uh, gonna join us in about half an hour. Uh, and uh, Mike, remind me uh, to ask what he thinks of the end zone camera they use on on power plays. Uh, ESPN uses it. I don't know if TNT does. I haven't, I haven't, because we can't watch their games, eh? Like, we get Sportsnet. We get the Sportsnet coverage. So right. when I see people that have, you know, satellite dishes or Hulu or sticks or whatever they've got. And they go, Oh, great TNT coverage. And Oh, the panel's fabulous. And Oh, uh, you know, but boy, those cutaway shots or what are they doing? Cutting away to the bench? What are they cutting away to the bench while the game is going on? Like, who does that? Um, and you know, where's all the Canadian producers and stuff like that. Anyway, um, I want to ask Panger about that before that we got some baseball to talk about as the blue Jays visit the motor city for a weekend series, looking to keep up with the Yankees and Tampa. Uh, and, um, perhaps the debut of Gabriel Moreno. Uh, meanwhile, folks are already talking about like seven Blue Jays making the all-star team and maybe Vladdy, not even one of them. Seven, two for sure. Kirk for sure. Springer for sure. Uh, Gosman for sure. Right? Romano, pretty good too. There's four right there. Um, not Vladdy though. He, not this year. Not yet. Maybe. Uh, we'll get into the Canadian soccer fiasco if you want uh, and what the short-term effects might be and the long-term effects, even though Canada beat some country I couldn't pick out on a map last night. If you, I mean, if you just showed me the region for crying out loud, and I'm interested in what you think about this new live golf tour and whether or not you would take uh, the Saudis blood money and leave the PGA tour. If you got a nice offer, Mike, suppose you're a PGA player. Uh, you can make a million, a couple million a year. You could make maybe four million. You could make five million in a good six year uh, million dollars. You could make yourself a nice, you know, 25, 30 million dollars in your career if you grind it out over, you know, 20 years or so. Or you could take a hundred million dollars, 50 million, 70 million, set your family up for life on the Saudi tour. I'm glad this is on the agenda because on your live stream and those listening to the podcast should be reminded that every Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern, we're live on Hebsey's YouTube channel. And I do read the, you know, the comments in real time. So Craig Miller there, he's just saying it was easy to pick us over the golf tour that's also on uh, YouTube right now, he says. And he's looking forward to hearing your take on this. Right. Well, my take's pretty simple. If somebody came up to me and said, look, you know, um, you're you're a professional. You're not being paid nearly as much. You're not nearly as much value. You've given away your media rights by joining the PGA Tour. You've given them away. You know that the PGA Tour owns all the rights, the the video rights, the photo, whatever, um, for the players. The player can't go and play in some event or do something without permission from the PGA Tour for a release in order to do that. You've given that up. So uh, now other guys are going, you know what? Bryson DeChambeau is going, you know what? A hundred million dollars. And, you know, he says goodbye to Rocket Mortgage, which is his sponsor. DJ says goodbye to RBC, which is his sponsor. Mm -hmm. guys. And, and I'm sorry, man, if I'm running the company, I'm like, you know, I don't blame you. You know? Yeah. I mean, would I say, oh, don't take the Saudis blood money when I've been dealing with people, you know, with nefarious backgrounds for governments that were, you know, sponsoring arms to who knows 
I mean, really, are we delving into the government, the background of every single um, entity out there? Really? In this case, it's pretty obvious, too. And let's face it, when Greg Norman came along and said, you know, well, you know, they're, uh, or was it, no, Mickelson said, oh, they're, 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 they're scary to deal with, right? <laughs> they're scared to, like, what did they do? They held a gun to your head and said, take this $200 million. And let's face it, Mike, $200 million. <laughs> 200, not, not 20 million, which would be okay as well. Which, you know, Dustin Johnson, you know, it took me how many years to make 20 million? You know, a while. Man. No, it's a lot of money. Grind. But what about the, the ethical? Thing, yeah. What about the ethical concerns? And you talk, you, you well, tell me, tell me, tell me about the ethical. Tell me, well, compared, well, to, this. Okay. compared to other regimes, mm -hmm. other businesses where mm -hmm. you know, like you're working for Amazon, let's say, you know, you're working for somebody or you're working for a big company and you know there's been human rights violations. You send a team to China, sure. right? You do all right. these things. Now, now we're not going to save the world, Mike. Golf fans are not going to save the world <laughs> by going, no, we must stop the Saudis right now. Man, somebody offers you that kind of money and it's legal. What you're doing is perfectly legal and above board. Sure. I don't know how many people could honestly say, no, thank you. And that's a slippery slope because, you, like you said, you know, we just had an Olympics in China. We we have a World Cup coming up in Qatar. Like, there wow, are, we went to Russia for how many times? We went to, to Russia, Russia for the Olympics, right. and, and we knew it was, what was illegal going to be gay in Russia, and we were there. Come so on. you're right. You're right. Come on. And how much? How look, I hate to say this too, but look, how many people dealt with the the Nazis, right? For example, now I I'm not going to suggest. Look. I'm not going to make any suggestion that this is worse than that, that this regime was worse than that regime. I and mean, that's ludicrous. But the point is, is that in, 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 in history, people have dealt with horrible people, right? Mm -hmm. Government sponsored, all kinds of money throwing at you. And most people, human nature is to go, yeah. Okay, especially if there happens to be maybe there's some threats along the way saying, you know, if you don't do this, and I don't know what's going on there either. I mean, if if Mickelson says the Saudis are scary to deal with, is he suggesting that if Mickelson doesn't join the Saudi tour, like he said he would, that there was going to be problems there, maybe there might be some, I don't know. But, um, let, you know, I mean, well, well, you want to get into politics, look at some of the countries involved in the World Cup of soccer, look at some of the scandals that have gone on. What's worse? Cheating? Human rights violations, man, I have to tell you something. If the sport is good and people want to watch it and want to get away from their everyday lives and just and, and not not look at the person or people involved and in going, oh, that person sides with that political party or that person's known for human rights violations or that person's treated women horribly or that right. person is uh, was a convicted felon, a rapist. I mean. We, you sure. know, we could drive ourselves crazy. The slippery slope, absolutely. Yo, Bobby Orr endorsed Donald Trump. Like right. it's like you could do this forever. So ask me the question, okay? Would you do it? And my answer would be, I would. I would do it because if I had a family to raise and I'm a young person and I know and I don't want to grind out 72 holes every week. Do you know that 48th place? Damian Cox pointed this out today on Twitter. 48th place at the Canadian Open is worth twenty four thousand dollars. 48th place at the live tour is $120,000. So we're talking about five times, six times more money. My Mike, question. if I said to you right now, okay, the, the people, the Germans that are running the company, okay, your company, the company that you're working for now, that's going to pay you six times what you're making now, they might be involved in some things that you might not be crazy about that particular part of their business, but they're going to give you six times what you're making right now. And you've got how many kids to raise? Four. Okay. So what are you going to do? How much, how, how deeply you're going to go into the background of the company that's paying you this money? You know, your point's very valid, Mr. Right. Hebsey. You know, my, you're absolutely right. But I have a question. Would you watch? Now I'm curious if Hebsey I am watching. I've been okay, watching. You are yeah, watching. Yeah. I've been okay. watching. You know what? I kind of like it. I kind of like it. Uh, I don't know most of the players, but a lot of times in the PGA Tour, I don't know most of the players either. You're dealing with 144 players at the Canadian Open. I mean, if you said to me, pick out Hudson Swafford or Wyndham, what's his name? I have no idea. And the same thing with a lot of the guys on the, in the uh, Live Tour. By the way, you know what Live stands for? Right? Tell me. Do you, do you know your Roman numerals? Oh, uh, yeah. L is, what's L? L's do you know your Roman numerals? I, I, I know what I'm 15. Point. Yeah, 15. and then uh, I is one and then five. So that's uh, 
Ivy, so that's, uh, that's 54. Yeah, that's right. And how many holes are they playing these tournaments this, on this uh, Saudi tour? 18 times four. No. No. Well, that's tell the PGA the, tour. That's the PGA tour. The mood. Tell me, tell me. Obviously, it's 54. 18 times three. <laughs> right? See, that's play, how little I paid attention. They only play three right. routes. So the, it's the, the LIV is actually Roman numerals. It's the 54 tour. Uh, but if you speak Roman numeral, it's the live tour. Um, gotcha. gotcha. There you go. Um, all right. We'll get into that a little later, too, with uh, Panger, because he's a golfer. Uh, you know, Mike, a lot of folks, including me, very irritated with all the betting ads and mm. segments on television sports. Um, these, it's because they're in the telecasts, I think. They're not a wraparound feature. They're not pregame and or postgame. It's right in the middle of the it's game, right in the middle of the editorial. Telecast. It's like camouflage. And that's the problem. That's right. That's right. So some very, I find some very good broadcasters. And again, if some, if I was working there and they said, this is what you have to do, I go, I'm, I'm really not comfortable with this at all. I'm not. So some very good broadcasters are being forced to promote and discuss betting lines within the context of the game, as if it is, like you say, editorial content, when clearly they're not comfortable doing so because they know this isn't editorial content. This is, this is the sponsor that's throwing money at you saying, you know, we want you to talk about the betting odds. And some of the handoffs, Mike, are cringeworthy. I mean, Ron McClain throws to Cat. Ron McClain's just been discussing, you know, the high stick, whatever, something that happened in the game with Bieksa, with Elliot, with, you know, with Kelly Rudy. And, and, you know, now it's like, let's go to Cabby. And then Cabby, all Cabby does is, hey, thanks, Ron. And then he throws to a sinister looking fellow <laughs> who tells you that the New York Rangers are plus 105 and the over under on total goals is now three and a half because it's a scoreless game and you've got two Russian goalies and they rarely give up more than 3.27 goals total in a game and you should take the under and you're in the first intermission. And I know it's a quick little hit, but these segments should not be running during the game telecast. I know you can bet during the game. I don't want to know what the odds are. In the midst of a, you know, now what is it? But here's the big story, folks. Let's go to Cabby, who's got uh, whoever, you know. And I, I don't know these guys. They're not. It's not like it's Jimmy the Greek. Hey, this is the most famous, you know, lines odds maker, and you know, in Vegas. This is just right. a, a guy, again, not a journalist, not an entertainer, not a performer. Better they get Justin Bieber. You know, <laughs> hey, hey, Biebs, can you just read this? Read this. Read what it says. Okay, plus one hundred five over under three and a half. Blah blah blah. Money line, blah, blah, blah. Back to you. Big graphic, too. That's, that isn't up there long enough for anybody to decipher. And I know betting. I'm looking at the graphic going, wait a second. Minus 2,200 to win the game. They're already up 3 nothing, And then they take the graphic down because they got to go back to Ron. Right. Right. So the, so the sinister-looking guy throws back to Cabby, who says, thanks very much, sinister-looking guy. Back to you, Ron. And if Ron threw a pun in there or a joke, which he's been doing last night, it was a whole thing about. Uh, he's been doing it for decades. Whatever it is. It's like, I'm like, what, what was that segment there? What was it cheapens the entire production, but it pays the bills. Hebsey, you said it right there, right? We just had a conversation five minutes ago where you said you would take the Saudi blood money, you know, and you would play in the, the live tour or whatever we're calling it. Same that's me personal. That's yeah. me personal yeah. for my family. That's, that's what if you I'm an right, anchor right, right. and they say you have to do so, this. Or you how lose can we, your job. How can we judge Ron McClain? Well, I'm not judging Ron McClain. Oh. I'm, I'm saying Ron McClain. I'm sure Ron McClain doesn't like this, but it's part of his job now. Right. He has. Yeah, it's part of his job now. What's he going to say? Ron's going to go, oh, no, no, that's it. I'm walking out of it. No. Okay. But it's thought, cringeworthy because yeah. as a broadcaster, this isn't something you should have to do. This is something that should be a separate. Uh, it should be. Let me put it this way. Ron says, we'll be right back with Cabby. They go to commercial. They come up on Cabby on his own. Right. Hold. Right. Hey everybody, Cabby Richards here, Sportsnet Bets, whatever it's called, da, 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 joining me, sinister looking guy, trying to grow a mustache here. What are the odds? The game is this, right? And then instead of throwing back to Rod, uh, to Ron McClain, that segment, fade to black, that's the segment. On its own, like Coach's Corner was, right? On its own. Standalone <laughs> segment, not embedded, not baked into the. Uh, right, they didn't go when, when Don Cherry was finished. They didn't say, "All right, let's go rinkside now to uh, oh. Scott O." Did two no. commercial breaks. <laughs> well, are you kidding me? You remember, they would do the ad break, and then they'd be do do do, and they do the title, and they do another fucking ad. Pink flamingos. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, but Hebsey yeah. man. Yeah. So obviously, this is Rogers uh, cashing checks as madly as they can because they're taking a bath on this this NHL deal. So. 
I heard I saw an exchange between I think Paul Romanuk saying that like Dave Hodge would never stand for this. Like Dave Hodge would not do this, whereas Ron McLean has decided to save his job and do whatever he's told. Yeah, you uh, see, I have to look at the scenario. Who walked up to Dave Hodge or who said, you know, in the Hockey Night in Canada production on CBC, by the way, we're running things, right? right? You know, not right. in the midst of a billion dollar whatever contract. Yeah. And who would have said, all right, we're going to change things around? How would this discussion have gone? Would they have said, Ron, let's talk about this. John Shannon, let's talk about this. Let's sit down and talk. Ralph Mellenby, whoever was involved, let's sit down and talk. CBC, head of CBC Sports, <clears throat> let's talk about this. How do we want to do this? How do we do it? At the time, remember, the CBC was getting all kinds of money anyway from the federal government. So ad revenue wasn't as big a deal. And they kept pointing, saying, that's, a, that's the moneymaker on CBC. There they are right there. That's it. Hockey Night in Canada. That's what makes money. That's what we do here. But that's not their mandate. Their mandate is to serve the public. So yeah. now Rogers comes along and goes, wait, we can really make some dough here. Right. Like we can really do some. Let's spend all this money. Let's get these rights. Let's put the show together. Let's do it. And now they've reached the point, like you say, where it's like, and betting's everywhere. But but all these betting sites, they knew. I mean, they're like sharks in the water sniffing blood. They knew that Rogers needed cash. They knew it. We need money. Look at what it cost us here. And remember, how many people have they cut over the years? How many high-profile broadcasters? Chop, 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 chop. chop. Whatever happened to to Sportsnet's um, uh, magazines? All those magazines. Gone. 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 So they need the dough. And now these companies who are flush are going, sure, come on. We'll pay you. But we got to have a betting segment. You guys are all going to talk about betting. We're going to get all these people who are unfair. Can you imagine Dan Shulman going, all right, here's the batter now is Alejandro Kirk. And by the way, before he swings at the first pitch, let me tell you that the Blue Jays are minus 2,200 to win the game because they're leading by a score of four to nothing against the Red Sox. And then an inning later, Shulman's got to go, uh, oh, and by the way, the Jays are only, you know, minus 1,400 now because it's a two-run game. So this is the way it's going to be, that you're going to get these big-time broadcasters. You're going to get them to to insert the betting lines and the, you know, live betting odds going on. Hello, everybody. This is Dan Shulman from Rogers Center. We're ready for the sixth inning. And here's the field, right? Blue Jays plus 2,300. Bobby Guerrero minus 2,700 to win a home run. No, come on. No. By the way, nice win for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning last night. Eh? There's nothing worse than thinking, you know, we could go to overtime here. We could win it in overtime. And then before overtime even happens, bang, they score near the end of regulation time. Twice in a row for the Lightning, they've done that. Just killed the Rangers late in regulation. Last night, Sergachev, Sergachev with the winner with like two minutes to go. And Tampa beats the Rangers 2-1 and now have a 3-2 series lead. And by the way, if you bet the under like I did, the under, okay, you had a profitable night because the under was like three and a half. And the sinister looking guy on Sportsnet was going, bet the under. Look, it's scoreless after the first period at the end. And I did. You're, you're part of the problem, Hebsey. You you're right. I am. You're right. Even, right I'm thinking Brian Gerstein, and I won't say the number again, but he revealed what yeah. he, you know, won yeah, last yeah. year. But we don't want to talk about him. I don't want to talk about him. I don't want to talk about him. I want to talk about the fact that I, if he had a bet that Steven Stamkos, the number one overall pick in 2009, would punch out Alexi Lafreniere, the number one pick overall in 2020, <sighs> that would have paid a fortune. That would have been some prop bet. You see that at the end of the game, Mike? Stamkos, Stammer, it's just Stammer Hammer. He's pounding him in the head at the end of the game, a, like a brawl. Well, it wasn't fully brawl because everybody didn't drop the gloves, but Stammer and Lafreniere did. And I'm like, this is great. This is great. What were the odds of that happening? <laughs> um, Tampa can eliminate the Rangers Saturday night and head to yet another Stanley Cup final against the uh, hungry Colorado Avalanche this time. And it'll come down to goaltending because Vasilevsky is virtually unbeatable. And Shesterkin is pretty close to the same thing. Now, Hebsey, am I right that the last time we had a three-peat was the uh, Islanders in the uh, early 80s? Uh, the, did the Oilers win three in a row? No, I don't think so. I think Calgary interrupted think the Calgary run. interrupted the streak there. They had three. Was it three? They did two in a row. And I think they did another two in a row. And then they yeah, had the yeah, outlier yeah, post-Gretzky uh, or whatever. There but. You go. I think that this, I don't think, I know that Islanders won the four in a row uh, yes, before, the, before the Oilers. After Montreal had won four in a row. Yes, exactly. So it, it, this was quite the feat. We haven't seen this in a long time. In yes, it could be, but they haven't gotten there just yet. And Colorado hungry and, uh, I well, we'll see what happens. Okay. By the way, did you hear about the Maple Leafs goaltending situation? Tell me. They don't have one. 
<clears throat> and by the way, because they don't have one, they parted ways with their goalie coach, Steve Briere, oh. who'd oh. been around since the, uh, since the James Reimer days. Right. He'd been around way, like, way, way back there with those guys. I liked Reimer. I, I, I did too. <laughs> I did too. I think, I think, I think the Jays, the Leafs screwed him around, but anyway, like the same way they screwed uh, Jack Campbell's not going to sign with the Leafs. Well, he unfairly carried the brunt for that collapse, that four I know. collapse You're in right. game seven, right. but you know, we needed to blow up that team anyway. Yeah. So yeah. goaltending is a big, <clears throat> big issue with this team. Because we have no goalie. Uh, who needs a goalie, Hemsey? We have no goalie, and we have no goalie coach to coach the goalie. Stop. Maybe right. Panger can help out. Maybe. Baseball. The uh, Gabriel or Gabriel, Gabe Moreno era begins this weekend in Detroit. Forget about any other player on the Jays. Forget about the ball. Gabriel Moreno. Out of nowhere. Kind of like Alec Manoa. Like, who is this guy? He's played how many minor league games? Whoa. 22-year-old from Venezuela. Or as I heard a guy the, uh, the other day say, Venezuela. That's <laughs> a professional broadcaster. <laughs> Venezuela. All right. Anyway, the Blue Jays star catching prospect has been recalled for Buffalo. And yet another blue chipper makes it to the show a lot earlier than expected. The injury to Danny Jansen necessitated the move, but it's hoped that Moreno makes an impression similar to that of Manoa when he first came up. Very little minor league experience, not a lot of fanfare, but a rapid rise through the system. Moreno hitting 324 at Buffalo and has been spectacular defensively. So Charlie will have him in the lineup on a regular basis. You can guarantee it. And Kirk will be the DH. Let's see how that works out. I'm looking forward to it. Hey, remember, uh, it wasn't that long ago you said uh, Kirk would win a batting title. Yeah. Yeah. When, I, I, first will, saw him, when yeah. I first saw him hit, I remember, same thing. Who had ever heard of this guy? Mike, no one. This guy was not, Kirk was not on anyone's radar. Anyone's. Like, who is this guy? And then you see him hit and you go, wow. You look at his body and you go, come on, you got to be kidding me. But then you see him hit and he... I mean, he hits, he makes solid contact. He barrels up more than anyone I had seen, certainly at that age. I had not seen a young hitter just like, and he hits the ball hard. So yeah, you know, he's the type of a guy, I think when he hits it, he hits it hard and he's going to, I mean, he's going to find holes. He's going to hit line drives. I love, I love the way the guy hits. But when you said that there was a little blowback, uh, people thought you might be losing your, your marbles and, uh, not the first time, <laughs> <laughs> but here we are. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's looking like quite the call. Hasn't happened yet. And he doesn't have enough at bats to qualify. He did the other night and then he was sixth in the American league in hitting. He had enough, um, plate appearances to qualify. And then Charlie sits him out the next day and they lose. Like he sat out three of his best players. And like, I don't understand that. But he'll catch up on at bats now. He'll get, he'll qualify. Well, that's just it. He has to play pretty much. He has to play every day. Because what happens is you have to average 3.1 plate appearances for every game that your team plays. Not every game that you play. Right. Every game your team plays. So the other night in his fourth at bat, he had enough to qualify. And I had to tweet, um, I tweet Dan Shulman, like live tweet Dan Shulman to say, because uh, he had said, no, he doesn't qualify. And I said, no, he just did. Like in his last at bat, because I've been following it because you can't win a batting title unless you have enough at bats or plate appearances to qualify. Anyway, um, so, yeah, so the Jays have, uh, let's see, the Yankees are seven games. Yankees up seven on Tampa, seven and a half on the Jays, and Boston's another four games back. So all three teams, wildcard teams this year, will probably come from the American League East. All three. It's going to be Tampa, Boston, and uh, the Jays in whatever order there. That's going to be it. And by the way, how many Jays should be on the all-star team this year? For sure, Springer in center field. For sure, Kirk behind the plate. For sure. But who else? Espinal? Vladdy? Bo? Teoscar? Jordan Romano? Gosman? Yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. We'll see. Last night, the Yankees' Garrett Cole gave up home runs to the first three Minnesota batters. Garrett Cole. And then five home runs overall before being yanked after two and a third as the Yankees took on Minnesota. And who won the game? The Yankees. 10-7. They're 41 and 16 on the season. Yikes. Hear about White Sox manager Tony Larusa? Uh, two strikes and he intentionally walks or something. Tell me this story. Yeah, 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 yeah. Made the move yesterday that confounded even the most brilliant baseball minds. <laughs> Down seven five in the fifth inning against the Dodgers. Runner at second and the count one and two. The count was one and two, and then there was a wild pitch. So Freddie Freeman went from first to second. So then Tony LaRusso says, even with the count one and two, let's walk Trey Turner and let's pitch to Max Muncie. Now, on the surface, you're going, all right, you know, lefty, lefty matchup, blah, blah, blah. But still, the guy, he's got a one and two count on him, right? One and two. And now you're going to intentionally walk the dude. And now Muncie is going, 
you're going to walk him with two strikes so you can face me, you motherfucker. Uh. You motherfucker. Like, he's pissed. Like, Max Muncy is pissed that Tony LaRusso would show him up by walking a guy uh. that's already got two strikes on him so he can get to Muncy. So what does Muncy do? Three-run home run, baby. And now LaRusso looks like a real jerk. And then in the post-game press conference, naturally they say, like, what did you fucking do that for? To LaRusso, basically. And he's like, did you see the numbers? Do you know what Turner was hitting with two strikes on him versus what Muncy was hitting against left-handed pitching? This is LaRusso talking to the media. Right. Right? Right. No one's ever seen an intentional walk with two strikes. No one. Nobody. Why'd you do it? Well, because Muncy was hitting 125 against lefty pitching and Turner was hitting 258 with two strikes on him. See, but still, it's all on. the it's all the algorithm now, right? Have the algorithm are coaching these games. But the best was Muncy called Larusa a fucker, a motherfucker. <laughs> like afterwards, he goes, "Have you on the field?" He's like, "You motherfucker!" Like you really embarrassed me there. Like you you intentionally walked a guy with two strikes to get to me, you motherfucker, Max Muncy, three-run homer. I mean, I love the fact that I wish they could do that in other sports. I wish in other sports you could instantaneously make the guy look like a complete, the coach look like a complete idiot. You know what I mean? You're going to walk him to get to me. Like, I I don't, is there another sport where you can completely embarrass a player that way? Right? Like you can ice a kicker in football and isolate the kicker, but really, what you're basically saying is, no, 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 I don't want to pitch to him. I'd rather pitch to the guy on deck. Even if he, I'd rather pitch to Mark. Or maybe pulling a goalie, uh, pu- pulling Darren Pang, maybe after he allows <laughs> a third goal, like not giving him a chance to, to right the ship. Unbelievable. Let's bring in our guest while we're on this subject, because it, it's true, man. You know, this is like crazy stuff. Um, uh, and a real, uh, our, you know, just, uh, I, I couldn't believe it. Nobody in baseball could. Our guest today is a former NHL goaltender. He would have won multiple Stanley Cups with the Chicago Blackhawks, but he got injured in the prime of his career. And a guy named Belfour ended up uh, carrying the mail for a while. However, things turned out okay for this fella, as he turned out to be a very successful broadcaster doing NHL games on ESPN and ABC for 13 years and here in Canada on TSN. And now he does Stanley Cup coverage on TNT and he's a, uh, the voice of the St. Louis Blues, along with our buddy John Kelly. Let's welcome Darren Pang. <laughs> Is that for an intro? That uh, that goes back to the old uh, junior days, I think, Hebsey. It's been a long time. How are you doing? I'm great. The Nepean Raiders days? Is that what you're talking about? Nepean Raiders, uh, Belleville Bulls, 67s, right? Didn't that's we, right, uh, the Belleville Bulls. Right? Oh, that's right. You won a Memorial Cup with the 67s. That's right. Did, didn't we have the game of the week as well on uh, way back in the day? On Was that on Global back in the day? Oh, man, you're older than me, aren't you? I think so, because I can see I like, so. Jim Ralph was like... By the way, say hi to Toronto Mike, Darren Pang. Hey, Toronto Mike, nice hairdo. Yeah, call yeah, that with a, with a ham, ham sandwich or something? Jim bag? <laughs> I like this guy already. Can I call you Panger? You got it, buddy. You can call All right, Panger. Panger. Nice to meet you, buddy. Nice to oh, meet you. Oh, my God. Um, is it true that had you not been injured that uh, Balfour would have never had a chance of making the number one spot? <laughs> uh, that's... It, that's uh, debatable. Um, well, you took on a few different say, goalies, didn't you, in Chicago? When you were with the Blackhawks, there were a couple guys trying to get your job, huh? I, I, w- I would say that. Like, you know, when I I was already um, under contract with them for three years, and uh, I'd played in, in uh, Milwaukee. I got recalled to the Blackhawks in 85 for one game and then the playoffs, and then I went Saginaw, Saginaw, Halifax, <laughs> and then I got recalled for the playoffs again, and I went back to Halifax and played in the playoffs um, before allowing Mike Keane's first professional goal in double overtime, but that's another story. Um, and then, um, so anyway, so I'm going into my fourth year, just got married, and the Blackhawks signed Eddie Belfort from North Dakota. They had drafted Jimmy Waite eighth overall, and they also signed Bob Mason from the Washington Capitals um, nice. after that, whatever, that triple overtime game that he lost to, to LaFontaine and the Islanders. Right. So, so I, I come into camp, and, and I, I was – kind of at a crossroads, but they signed me to another three-year deal. And so um, I was going to make a whopping 40000 in the minor. So I was pretty excited about that raise I got from 22-5. So, uh, but, but, you know, as it turns out, I ended up playing almost 50 games that year. And, and I had a goalie coach named Wayne Thomas that really went to bat for me. He just simply told him that Eddie Belfort just wasn't ready yet. Uh, Wayne used to put us all through these drills. Uh, it was X drill, Y drill, Z drill, U drill, everything – to know your net, the small shuffles, large shuffles, uh, T pushes. And, 
And Eddie just wasn't quite ready yet. Like he was good out of college, but he'd be the first to tell you. And we've talked about this an awful lot. He slammed his stick over the crossbar and he said, uh, how do he say it? He said, where the hell did this guy come from? Who is this guy? Because he was getting so frustrated <laughs> about the way he was teaching him, you know, all these drills that, that we did. And uh, anyway, so Eddie was go- going to be really good, but nobody knew how long that was going to take. In fact, I think in 88, during the Olympics in Calgary, the Blackhawks sent him to the Olympic program. And at that time, if you got sent to the Olympic program, you weren't trending very well in the pros. That mm-hmm. those, and so it was a disappointing thing for most of the players at that particular time. And so, uh, so it took him years. Like that was 88, 89, 90. I retired in 90. I couldn't pass the physical after I hurt my, my knee twice. What happened, what happened with the knee? I, I got hurt in the, in our, in the 89 conference finals, uh, Hawks against the Calgary Flames. Wayne Van Dorp, we were doing a drill in practice, and Mike Keenan wanted the players to drive hard to the net, which is a simple term, right? We all want to drive harder than after the playoffs, and, but not in practice. So anyway, I made a save. The rebound was there, and Wayne Van Dorp lost his footing, and he just crashed right into me, and I tore my, my left ACL. And so um, I rehabbed it, went down to the minors the next year. It took me a while to get back and, and uh, hurt it again um, training, and so I couldn't pass the physical. But anyway, I'm sitting in the stands. With uh, we just hired Vladislav Trechak to be the goalie coach. Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah. So Mike Keenan, he says, "Hey, listen, uh, can you take Vladdy for for lunch?" And I said, "I said, sure. This has been an unbelievable experience. Like I'm debating whether or not I'm going to play again or continue with my knee." And I'm sitting in the stands with Vladislav Trechak. So uh, he says, uh, "Go take him for lunch." I said, "Great. Hand me the cabbage." So he gives me a hundred dollar bill. Well, Mike had the had the short arms there. He was a little cheap on that on that, but he gave me a hundred bucks. <laughs> And uh, I watched Vladdy suck back about, I don't know, maybe about eight beers, uh, big, strong lad that he is. And then he went back to the rink and we sat in the stands and watched the rest of practice. And after I'm watching, he, he says uh, he says to me in his very, very broken Russian, uh, trying to speak English, and he was trying his darndest, he says, Dominic Hasek. And I'm watching Dominic Hasek on the ice. And I said, Vladdy, I don't understand how they can't score on this guy. He's flopping all over the place. There's no method. And he says, Dominic Hasek. <laughs> so here I am. I got Eddie Belfour. I got Dominic Hasek. I got Jimmy Waite. And I've got... I've got Bob Mason. I got, at, no, Mace, we traded. We oh. traded to Quebec Nordique uh, for Mike Eagles or, and, and maybe Michelle Goulet or somebody. So we... Uh, anyway, it was an easy decision. I, I retired. I got right into broadcasting. I was already doing CCHA college games. And uh, anyway, so uh, Kelly Chase, you guys know Chaser. Chaser. Um, one of the funniest guys ever. And I saw a picture of him fighting Wayne Van Dorp. And I said, uh, I said, Chaser, that guy ended my career without batting an eye. Chaser goes, he says, don't kid yourself. He started your career. What you <laughs> had before wasn't a career. What you have now is a career. I always laugh at that stage. Because, That's a good one. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Were it not now for 30, Wayne Van Dorp, you'd still be uh, in the minors. Never know. Probably, trying to... probably would be. I would, yeah. I would have never given it up. I loved it too much. You're right. And, yeah. One of the great Hebsey awards I have is Wayne Van Dorp, 23, in white at Chicago Stadium with a perfect knee to the groin of Bob Airy of Pittsburgh. I mean, it was beautiful. <laughs> it was like a wrestling heel. Right with the referee turn and he into the turnbuckle with a knee right to the groin. One of the great Hebsey awards. And uh, now I know that Wayne Van Dorp is also responsible for your uh, fabulous career. So, um, so you're in St. Louis now. I, I uh, love St. Louis. I loved St. Louis always as a hockey town. Um, what's it like being part of the St. Louis? Because the St. Louis Blues fans are so rabid. I mean, the sports fans in St. Louis are, but what's it like living there? working there, being part of the blues organization, not being part of, but, but uh, being yeah. a broadcaster with. Yeah. Well, you know what, Hebsey, it, it was a real, I thought it was a leap of faith that, that, uh, that both John Davidson, he was then the president. Um, Doug Armstrong was just starting out as the, uh, I think he was a, uh, maybe a senior advisor to Larry Plow at the time. And I remember saying to, 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 to JD, I said, I don't know. I'm not sure if this fits JD. Like I, I didn't play for the St. Louis blues. And the only team I played for, was the Chicago Blackhawks. They both hate each other. The fans hate each other. I said, I don't know how the, how you think this is going to work. And then JD had another good line. He, he says, ah, you weren't that good anyway. He says, they'll, they, 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 you weren't that good as a player anyway. They they remember the Belfours and the Bannermans. They, he says, you, you're a broadcaster. They'll love you as a broadcaster. Why don't, you, why, don't we, why don't we take a ride at this and see how it works? And if it doesn't work out, then it doesn't work out. So, uh, I mean, now being a part of it was – and is spectacular. 
Um, my daughter ended up going to the University of Missouri. My son left a golf scholarship in New Jersey uh, with the Peacocks, the St. Peter's Peacocks, the team that went to the final 16 in basketball. He was So he came back to, to St. Louis and they just loved it. My daughter now has two kids that live you know, in St. Louis in the suburbs and uh, goes to the hockey games and, and, you know, being a part of the charm of St. Louis has been spectacular. And you're right about the fans though, Hebsey, there's something very unique about them. Um, you know, there are some certain cities where, where, you know, you'd be at a restaurant with your family and fans just feel like, I guess they're part of you. So they'll sit down and take up uh, you know, half an hour of your time and not know, you know, not even understanding what they're doing when you're trying to have a little private time with your family. I go to St. Louis and they're incredible. Like, Nobody says a word to you and uh, they just let you do your stuff. And then when you leave, they'll say, Hey, listen, Hey, Pang, I really enjoy the broadcast. And they'll shake your hand or really enjoy great that you love St. Louis, you know? Um, and, and it's like, I, I see why the athletes, uh, you know, end up retiring there in St. Louis. We've got over 65 uh, blues alumni and NHL alumni that live there. You see baseball players and football players. And, and uh, so anyway, it's, it's, a, it, I, I call it a, a it's a, it, it is a small city. It's easy to get around. And, uh, and there's some great Midwestern values um, to raising your kids and, and to being there in St. Louis. And yes, they love their sports, Ebsy. They sure do. Uh, you know, Toronto Mike is, uh, is on the Mount Rushmore of Canadian podcasters. He has okay. a tremendous podcast and asks very uh, probing questions. So I'm going to, uh, I'm going to turn it over to him right now because you and I, I mean, we knew each other before. There's certain friendliness there kind of thing, but Mike's more the, you know, the, you know, the, I don't know who you are, buddy, but I got some questions for you. So. <laughs> you got it. Go ahead there, Mike. I, I'll, first time caller. I'll take this. say long time fan, first time <laughs> caller to Panger here. Okay, a couple of things. One is I have a memory of you you having like a, 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 a rookie of the year campaign, which was something to the effect of Pang is easier to spell than Neuendijk. Am I remembering this correctly? That is correct. That is correct. You, I, I don't have any more, any more um, of the t-shirts <laughs> for you, Mike. Otherwise, I'd send, I'd send them to you. But I had a producer in, uh, in actually with, uh, with so many females being, you know, more and more prominent and getting more and more of an opportunity. We had someone in, in, in Chicago, her name was Lisa Seltzer, still is Lisa Seltzer. And, and she was the producer and director for Pat Foley and Dale Talon all those years. So a female in the truck and, and producing and directing was mm. spectacular. So anyway, I, I speak very highly of her because I, I love her to death. And she was the one that, um, producing the game said you know what I got an idea and uh she said Joe Newendike's gonna win it but but why don't we have some fun with this we'll sell the t-shirts we'll we'll give them to charity and and we'll we'll play it up so yeah so I I had to record so I think we were in Winnipeg and she pulled me out of the locker room she goes come on we got 10 minutes you got to record this so and the whole thing was we did the whole thing well paying easier to spell than Newendike Newendike N-O-W yeah no one knows no I don't think even Joe knows but I will tell you uh it left an impression on me like I still remember it this many years later, I remember that that campaign. Uh, it's, it's wild how that works. And Panger, one more before Hebsey uh, takes back the mic here. Um, okay, I recently was on a Zoom with Alan Bester. So we were talking, and uh, I don't know who's taller, you or Alan. Who's taller? Uh, Al, Al's taller than I am, yeah. Hey. I think Al's 5'7", and, uh, and I'm five. I'm on just a shade under 5'5", five five officially. So I'm five, four and a half. yeah. So obviously in 2022, no one's given you a sniff because you're undersized, right? Like, so when did this yeah. change? Like, when, no, no, like just seriously, That's right. uh, you can't change your height. Trust me, I'm only 5'9". If I could change my height, I'd, I'd do it, but I can't. So Panger, when did this change where you had to be, you know, 6'2 or taller to get a sniff as a goaltender in the NHL? That's a really good question because, boy, it changed in a hurry. Nowadays, yeah. I, 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 would be a, I would be somebody they'd want to, I'd be the defenseman. And, uh, you, know, you know, the Darian Hatchers or the Chris Prongers, they're the ones that would be the goaltenders. So, right, right. but make no mistake, you can't win with small defensemen. You got to win with big defense, big, strong guys that can box out. Maybe one small guy per team. That's probably about it. But for the goaltenders, I don't know. I think Hex, well, you know, Hexy was 87. Garth Snow came in with those big shoulder pads. Um, you know, goalies got bigger, but a lot of them, though, it wasn't working out. If you remember, like you still had to stop the puck. I mean, yeah. so, you know, the trials, were, they were there and uh, all these big guys were in the net. And they're like, I love that big guy. He's so big and whatever. And I'm like, yeah, that big guy can't stop anything. Like, <laughs> yeah. Roman Chetmanic. You know, <laughs> yeah, well, there, you know, there's a good example. Like I, huge I, pads couldn't stop a, a beach ball. 
Yeah, I, I think it, you still have to have hockey sense. I mean, you still have to have the ability. You mentioned Al Bester. I mean, he was a good athlete. He could he saw the play develop in front of him. Mike Vernon was one of my favorites, and Mike was probably five eight, maybe mm. five nine. Right. And uh, and I don't understand why he's not in the Hall of Fame. If, if I don't mind pushing that, because I mean, the guy the guy was just a gamer, you know, and yeah. and uh, and and smaller. A lot of us really looked up to a guy like Mike. So. You know, then maybe Barrasso came in. I think he was maybe six three or six oh, yeah. four, yeah, and he combined guy. some great athleticism, puck handling. You know, he might have been the first guy that kind of I played against that I kind of not intimidated by, but thinking to myself, "Man, that guy covers a lot of net, and he's athletic, and he plays the puck." You he know, was good. Like, yeah, he he was good. You're darn right, he was good. Um, I but, love listening I like- to Ted Darling do the play, the late Ted Darling oh, when yeah. he did Buffalo Sabres game in Barrasso for Barrasso. I just, it was a, per, it, the name was good. Nothing wrong with Pang. It's quick. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, Pang. It's almost like, like, it was like, almost like, like Pat Foley with Bannerman. Like Scor- when Pat- No, no, Skorodensky was better. Oh, yeah. Like, Scor- like, Scor- Bannerman Scor- was Bannerman. It was a Bannerman, right? Because remember, yeah. we used to get all those games. When you were playing junior, Panger, we would get all those games on Sportsline, right? We would get the, the, the feeds right. in from Sports Channel America. That's or right. TV 30, <laughs> or TV 38 in those, or whatever it was. And we would have the highlights on Sportsline. And in the, all the other stations would have the background sound of the announcer with us doing that. But I would put music on it. I would strip Dale, uh, uh, Pat Foley's voice off it and we'd put music because when you'd heard Foley call it, right, you may as well have run it as a sound up. He was great. You know, Bannerman, Sporodinsky. It was like that. And then who was the PA announcer there that sounded like Harvey? What was his name? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And he was like Harvey. Yeah, yeah. Blackhawk goal scorer by number 40, Darren Pang. That's right. This by number three, Steve Conroy. <laughs> <laughs> and number eight, Kirk Fraser. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Terry Ruskowski. Number eight, Terry Ruskowski. Time of the goal, yeah. 1342. I think Ruskowski was traded for uh, Kirk Fraser. No. Um, was, it. was it? A couple of eights? No, no. It was no, it was that kid. It was the first rounder from the Oshawa Generals. Uh, uh, good goal scorer, Tony Tanny. Oh, ooh, that's a good one. That's yeah, the Maltese pretty sure, Falcon. Pretty sure. That's, that's the Maltese what? Falcon, right? That's Tony the one. Tanner. He's the one. Now, Panger, I notice uh, over your left shoulder, you've got a golf. You've got golf going on there, and I know that because we spoke to Tim Peel a while ago. You, you guys are golfers, and I played golf yeah. the other day. A beautiful golf course. Uh, I'm actually at the. I'm, at, I'm actually at the lake. I'm at my lake in Michigan. There you oh, go. Nice. Oh, I'm going to be in Michigan next week. There you mm. go. We're going to see. Look at that. We're going to go see Tears for Fears. Wow, we're playing golf oh, yeah. in. Uh, we're playing golf with Ken Daniels. Oh, nice! And we're uh, and we're gonna go see the Tigers and the White Sox at uh, Comerica. Yeah, that's our oh, little that's road great. trip. Yeah, it's awesome. a little road trip. Um, so listen, Love this Kenny. live this live golf tour, which by yes. the way is fit, live is Roman numerals for fifty four. It's a fifty four golf tour. Mm-hmm. I want to. I want. I'm, we're, I'm interested in your opinion on this. We discussed it at the beginning of the show. If you're playing on the PGA tour and you've got to grind out 72 holes and make a cut and that type of thing. And someone comes up to you and says, look, uh, we're a terrible regime. Uh, we're, we violate human rights, but, uh, we're paying 200 million out to, uh, Phil and 150 million out to DJ. And today a hundred million for, um, Bryson DeChambeau and more money. And we want to give you 40 million. What are you going to do? Oh my goodness. It's, a, it's, is it, is it a real strong moral issue? Um, well, that depends sm- on who I, you're talking to. It's your life, enough? but it's your life. It's your life. It's your family. Exactly. It's your I'm an independent, and I am an independent contractor at the end of the day. I mean, that's what I, that's what I am. Like if there, if, if Liv called me and said, we want you to broadcast golf and I've got a three-year deal and you're going to make uh, $7 million a year to broadcast. I mean, come on. But, but you, you know what, what if they say to you, what if they say, but we need you to do some promotion for the Saudi government. You know, well, that's a no. we need, we that, need that, these certain, but, no, that's, that's a negative for me. Okay. How about this? There are certain talking points, Panger, that we need you to cover whenever yeah. you're talking to the media. You okay with that? We want to grow the game, you mm-hmm. know, stuff like that. Like, you know, nice yeah. generic stuff that takes away from the, you know, the horrible regime and the human rights violations. So we need you, if you're going to be doing part of yeah. the broadcast, you people need to know that we're paying you and we expect you to say these things. I would think that, and, and every country has some ghosts in the closet, you, you know, I mean, there's a lot of stuff pro- goes on, you know, behind the scenes and all over the place, as we well know. But I, I watched, um, 
I, I did watch, uh, I think it was Graham McDowell that did that. Is that so he, you know, he had to go on. He's trying to promote it's a 54 hole event. He's promoting, come on out and watch the guys. And here's what it is. And here's the golf course Centurion and, and whatever, you know, I mean, I think you, you stick to the basics like that. I, I don't, I don't think it would be very difficult to get behind that um, because you are, you know, they are independent contractors. Somebody is going to pay them. If they don't pay them, somebody else may pay them. Um, the other thing is, I got a hard, I, yeah, I got, I got know as well as I do. That if it, yeah. If it wasn't for Tiger Woods, we probably wouldn't be having these discussions anyway. Tiger Woods is the most underpaid athlete in the history of the world. That's right. I think that everyone who made money off Tiger Woods back <clears throat> should kick up to him. <clears throat> And because of that, I think that this live golf uh, tour is very real because people are going, you know what? I, I should be making more money. I, and what, and the PG, all these PGA tour pros, they, they sold their, they gave away their rights. As soon as they joined the tour, yeah. all the independent rights, they got to get permission from the tour now for their likeness, all that stuff. Whereas on this tour, you don't have to worry about that at all. And I think that, you know, I, I, even though the PGA Tour has got a great pension plan and all that type of thing, it's going to be difficult when you're waiving that kind of money. The same way it was in the WHA yeah. 50 yeah, years ago when they yeah. went, hey, Bobby Hull, here's a million dollars. When a million dollars then was like, I don't know, 100 million today. I don't know. Relatively yeah. speaking, it was like a million dollars. Well, uh, eventually that worked out OK because the NHL absorbed four WHA franchises. Yeah. But. The problems that people went through with, uh, I mean, if you don't, if nobody comes out to see these live tournaments, if like there's no crowds, right, then what? I think it's, I think it's a lost leader for the Saudis. I don't think they expect any return on investment when it comes to golf at all. I think it's all goodwill and you're getting the Phil Mickelson's and the Greg Norman's and the Bryson DeChambeau's to go out and, 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 and tour the world. They're and, printing money. And yeah, they're man, printing money. They got yeah. so much money. It's a drop in the bucket for them. Like, for you know so a guy like let's say dj and uh you know that i mean that direct deposit from what i understand i mean it was there was no question mark it's there, was there. No, hey where is it? it it was it was there it I, was I mean, there. 150 million turn around he turns around to uh paulina and he says sweetheart <clears throat> the 150 million is in our account what what do you need what what do we yeah I mean, our life has just changed and a private more. jet <clears throat> and uh you know anyway yeah so i and first, she and she you no know, and she says I, to him you mean no more grind? You mean no more? We're here this week, the following week. We're at the John Deere. We're at the Winter Classic. We're at Kapalua. We're None of that. And he goes, no, no, no. six events this year. Yeah, yeah maybe eight next. It, year. it pays for the gas in his uh, in his hundred foot yacht. I think. I think. I think he'll be okay with that. They probably paid for the gas too. So I think he's maybe got a life lifetime gas membership. <laughs> Crazy. Um, <clears throat> I, I'm. You know what? Here in Canada. We're not getting the coverage we should get, I think, from the Canadian Open. I think there's this sort of, like, the timing of this was like, wait a second, DJ is RBC. RBC is the title yeah. sponsor. DJ and Graham McDowell, both RBC guys, quit the tour, uh, gave up their sponsorship, said bye-bye, uh, left RBC in a lurch. Now you got a Canadian Open going on here. Um, just, like, who, if I would have said to you, golf would be on everyone's mind, and the amount of money, and it had nothing to do really with Tiger Woods, even though they offered him apparently three quarters of a billion dollars. I could not have imagined this. Honest to God, this is, uh, yeah, it's, it's it great is a, for sports. Yeah. It's, this is a real, yeah, uh, this is a real kick in the pants. And for all the efforts that the RBC puts into it, that uh, golf Canada does. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I, I watch the Canadian open all the time. It's like a major, certainly for me thinking about the Canadian open and, you know, it's on the background there. I've been, I've been watching it for the last couple of days and St. George's is such a, my goodness, that's just a, yeah. It's an iconic golf course. It's just a classic. You put that anywhere in the world and it'd be a, for me, it'd be a, a top country club, top golf course that everybody would want to play. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm DJ. It had to be painful for DJ because I think, he, I mean, just knowing Wayne as, as well as I know Wayne that, I mean, DJ is comes from a small town. He's a small minded guy. He's just a, he's got a big heart, you know, he's one of these guys. And I think he, that relationship with RBC is something that, you know, he greatly appreciated, but he got forced the hand here, here. Here's the tournament we're starting. You, you can't play in that one. The timing was just terrible yeah. for it. it. Just terrible for it. It would have been a lot better if the live golf was, you know, two weeks from now or one week earlier. And he would be able to fulfill this obligation and shake hands and, and do it the, the way you're supposed to do it. But and then, instead, but, it but turns then, out but, this way. But then I might have even been worse. It was like, you know, DJ, you're there. You're representing like 
he wouldn't like I'm just this is all hypothetical, obviously, but that might have been even worse. The fact that in February he said, I'm committed to RBC, I'm committed to the PGA Tour. That was sort of enough for people to go, wait a second, you said this in February. What did they do? Wave 150 million? And he went, uh, yeah. And I think the <laughs> CEO, the president of RBC yeah. would, you know, grudgingly go, you know, I might have done the same thing. And so I can't blame. Can you really blame Dustin Johnson? Like, uh, it's easy for us to go, oh, what's the difference between 20 million and 150 million? Uh, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and not one of us would say categorically that we wouldn't do that, that we wouldn't have the stomach to do that, that we wouldn't take the money because morally we wouldn't you know, we would regret it. Yeah. I think, did you listen to Justin Thompson yesterday? Hebsey? Justin Thompson. Yeah. JT. Yep. Uh, JT was great. Wasn't he? Well, listen, uh, he, I, he, I think know, he put like, it into perspective. I mean, they're, they're all friends. It's not like they're not going to be friends. One guy, one guy decided to go there and, and, and take a boatload of money. And, and, and one guy decided to stay and represent the tour and, and uh, you know, Right. I I thought he answered it really well anyway. He did. And, you know, here's the other thing, too, is Scotty Scheffler, you know, Masters champion. What did he make? Two point seven million to win the Masters. Two point seven million. And if he if he joins this live tour, it's, you know, four point four million to the winner. It's a hundred million guaranteed. It's whatever. Now, Scotty Scheffler, uh, you know, I'm sure would love to be world number one, which he is. And, you know, uh, win all these majors, of course, as well. But. You know, at the end of the day, does he look and say, well, this is enough money for me. I'm fine with this. And I I don't mind grinding out 72 holes or not having to grind if I'm winning major championships. But am I carrying all these other golfers, these other 124 golfers? Am I carrying them with because people are coming out to see me? And that's where I think that if you or I were in that position and say, wait a second, I'm the one people are coming to watch me. TV cameras are, are, are focused on me, not this guy here who. How did he qualify for the tournament? Or, you know, you look at a leaderboard and you go, I don't know who some of these guys are. So I, I, I agree that I think if you're an independent contractor and you're really good at something in your field and you feel as if you're carrying others, all right, that they're making money off your back, uh, that's a very powerful ego kind of thing, especially I think for men to go, wait a minute, like, why am I paying? Why is my sweat and blood and guts helping this guy here? What about me? Well, they did it for when, when when Arnie when Arnie's army and Army's got the jet and Army was getting Army was getting commercials. Everybody, everybody was piggybacking off him. Then Jack Nicholas, they were piggybacking off him. Now Tiger Woods, they piggybacked off him. In the NHL, it was Bobby Orr, Gordy Howe, Wayne Gretzky, and everybody got rich because of those guys because they raised the bar. And uh, I, I mean, Scotty Scheffler or anybody else, what would you rather have? I, I mean, I, I. You major championships. He got a green jacket. That's he's great. Got he's got a green. green it's great. But how about like how about not having man, a green he's jacket? He's a master champion ever. Yeah, I mean, and I get it. And I, you know, you. that's it's a very it's easy for everybody to say that, but it's difficult. But I think when you grow up, I grew up. I all I want to do is win the Stanley Cup. That's all I ever wanted was the Stanley Cup. You know, uh, oh maybe a Vesna Trophy too, and the Stanley Cup. But anyway, uh, you know, I, I, these guys grow up and they they want to be major champions. That's 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 what it's all about. It's about that. Not going. A 54-hole tournament, that, that's 54-hole tournament mm-hmm. with no cut. I, I don't know where the drive's going to be. But if you've I, already I won the, a major, banger. If you've already yeah. won the major, you won your Masters, you won, and you say, and, and I don't know, like, I've never played at the high level, but once you've won four Stanley Cups, do you, is that like is that fifth one, like, I got to have that one? Yep. Or if someone then says, hey, look, you cannot have the You're fifth, right. but we'll give you this much money. You've already won four. You've done it already. You've been there, done it. The other thing is, the other thing I always thought this is someone said, here comes the defending champion. This was a four-time or a two-time, whatever champion. And let's say you go out there and you, 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 you're horrible. Like you have a bad day and they go "Mm, defending master's champion. There he is. Master's champion, Darren Payne. That's right. 91. Whereas you could do that on this live tour. And it's like, it's okay. It's all right. So you were five over big deal. Here's your 150 million. Like that at the end of the day, you got the money in the bank. You can enjoy your life and you don't have to grind. And I mean, if someone said to you when you were 15, look, you can have all this, all of it. Yeah. And then you would say, that's what I'm dreaming of. Oh yeah. I'd like to win the Masters, but I'd rather have Darren Payne's dog. Watch this. Hold on a second. Bring him. Who is it? Here's here's why Bruce is barking. This is what I love about a podcast is the swan. Oh, look at that. It's beautiful. Beautiful swans. Where in Michigan? Where is that? Upper Peninsula? Where are you? No. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, general area. Look at that. Look at that. That a boy, Brucey. So, so Brucey, Darren's dog is is uh, is barking at swans out on the lake. He, he's named after Bruce Springsteen. Look at him go. I love it. He's born to run. Fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen. We're gonna let we're gonna let you go because you got the dog. I mean, oh, you. I'll answer your question. Answer I'm in question, uh, yeah. I'm in Highland Township, Michigan, which is centrally, very centrally located, east of Ann Arbor, um, south of Howell or Fenton. Um, um, Bloomfield Hills is about 45 minutes away. Just okay, a little private lake, and and then uh, I got I got some toughness on my way. Joey Coaster's on this uh, on nice. this lake, and uh, Wayne Presley, my old my old <laughs> nice. teammate in Chicago. Yeah, so I got. I got Elvis and I got uh, Papa Kosher, so I'm I'm well protected here. Beautiful. And you're playing a lot of golf. Playing a lot of golf. Yep, yep. Me and Joey are on the on the box at 1:30 again today. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, Panger, it was uh, it was great. Uh, great uh, getting back together again. And um, yep, and too, uh, it's been a long time. And uh, listen, enjoy. Uh, are you covering? Is TNT covering the Stanley Cup final? Not this year. We 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 went to the conference final. Next right. year we have the final, uh, and then it'll it'll uh, alternate, uh, rotate. Excuse me, and. Uh, TNT has been phenomenal, by the way. Uh, we never, we don't get to, I don't get to networks. see it in Canada, so I don't know. Man. I've only seen some clips and all that, but I hear it's uh, going great. A lot of different networks I've worked for. These guys are absolutely 100% first class all the way. And uh, create camaraderie, have fun, being with Wayne in Edmonton and seeing him and talking and all the boys and coffee was there. And just he just brings people together. That's what they wanted, and that's what they're, that's what they're certainly getting. I'm lucky to be part of it. Beautiful. Panger, uh, always a pleasure. That's uh, Darren Pang from the NHL on TNT and the St. Louis Blues. Oh, please, regards to John Kelly for me, okay, my buddy. He's awesome. He's one of the best in the business right there. I worked, I with, his, that, I worked with his father, who was a legend. Dan Kelly oh, was a absolutely. legend. Fantastic stuff. All right, Darren Pang, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, buddy. See you. Nice to meet you, Panger. You too, pal. Cool hey, net hair. And now from Darren Pang, let's talk about the, uh, the, the, the what do we call it? the clusterfuck that is Canada soccer. Mike. We got to get into this. Okay. We got to get into this because last night, um, Canada played Curacao and the game wasn't on TV. I couldn't find it anywhere. And then I realized, oh, that's right. It's subscription because Canada soccer did some business deal with some bunch of people. And they basically like gave away the rights, like gave it away to um, one soccer, which is a subscription service in Canada. And the game's not on Sportsnet or TSN or, or CBC or CBC Jammer or anything like that. You, it, it cost you money. You had to pay to, to see it. And I just think that's wrong. But anyway, so they won 4 nothing against Curacao. And the question is, Mike, where is Curacao? What would be the nearest country to Curacao? And, and what do, you, do you know anything about Curacao? No, I would guess it's a Central, a Central America. Where are we No, here? no, it's not. Uh, South America? No. <laughs> where is it? It's in the Caribbean or the Caribbean. It's actually close. It's closest to um, Aruba, okay, and Venezuela. So that is South America. It's so it's off the coast of South America, but it's part okay. of the Caribbean. That's close. But did you know that it used to be called the Dutch Antilles up until I don't know twenty or so years ago? So Curacao is like a new name for a country, hmm. right? Uh, I do know about the Dutch Antilles, so now I know that that's, that's this. Them. Like, that's uh, it's not Istanbul, it's Constantinople. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So anyway, couldn't watch the game on Sportsnet, couldn't watch it on TSN, couldn't watch it on the Food Network, like nowhere. You had to have a subscription. <laughs> it should be on the Food Network. Bullshit. It's all bullshit. You got to, come on. You want to grow soccer. Capitalism. It's and capitalism. This is, no, this was the problem we had. This is, this, is, this is the team that decided they weren't going to play after a game was uh, canceled against Iran, which was a dumb idea anyway, and then another game against uh, Panama, we're not going to play. What do you mean you haven't negotiated your deal? What do you mean you're holding out for more money? What the fuck is going on? What's this press conference? Who the fuck are these guys? What the fuck is going on? You did what? You sold away your rights? The game? What? This is for a World Cup-bound squad. This, is, this took the wind out of the sails of any momentum that they had. And I mean, to cancel two games, to have people buy tickets, travel, get hotel, go to the game, the lack of communication, staggering, okay? And the goodwill that has developed among the fan base, which embraced this World Cup-bound squad. I mean, imagine, think about, think about screaming and cheering a game in the snow in Edmonton against Mexico, playing the U.S., all this great stuff. Alfonso Davies is back. None of this bullshit. So, so they're going to have a game against Curacao, and then, I don't know. There's some other game somewhere. I don't even know if they announce anything. Meanwhile, the teams that they're going to play in the World Cup in their in their group, like teams like Belgium, 
all right, and and, uh, and Morocco uh, and Croatia. These these teams are already out there playing friendlies and whatever. They're out there. They're training. They're playing games. Our guys are playing Curacao. Fucking me, Mike, and nine nine of his neighbors could go out there and probably lose four nothing to Canada. Well, that's not true. Anyway, but still, I'm pissed. Be forty four to nothing. So no interest in me and that and Curacao and who cares? And let's, I want to see some real soccer. Like it's like a, you know, a country that's got some good players. Cause if not, when we go to the, uh, you know, in November, when we play these teams in, you know, in the, in the group stage, we're going to get our asses kicked. Got to get some competition. here. Right. Game four between the Celtics and Warriors tonight in Boston, the NBA final. Uh, Celtics lead two games to one. Steph Curry is a game time decision for the Warriors. You know, Mike, the NBA playoffs have been like boring this year compared to the Stanley Cup playoffs. Like really no drama at all. Eh? No big names. I'm not saying no big names because Steph Curry's and Klay Thompson are big names and that. But, you but know, you're no, kind of bored of those big names. I feel no like- LeBron and no, uh, you know, no Joel Embiid and no uh, James Harden, I guess. The freak. Yeah. Yeah. Greek freak. That's right. So, hold on. Okay. Um, what else did I want to... Um, what the heck else was there? There was one other thing I wanted to discuss before we said goodbye, Mike. What the heck was it? Just that uh, by the time you got me all excited about Los Lobos uh, being the official, having you know, right. their version of um, of uh, La Bamba, La, I know La Bamba being yeah. like the official anthem now of like the Edmonton Oilers. By the time you made me aware of this, Edmonton <laughs> didn't win another home game. I know they got swept. My wife jumped on the bandwagon of the Oilers in, in that third round because she's from Edmonton and her family and friends are all excited. So I watched the game three and four in Edmonton. I watched every minute of these games with Monica. And I was I told her the story and she got excited. Like, yeah, well, we're hoping that Bamba, uh, you know, baby. play it. I know. No La Bamba was to be heard. I know. And Steve Berlin of Los Lobos said to me, he said, I was a jinx. I said, no, it's got nothing to do with you. He goes, a jinx. We're never going to hear it again. And because- you see what I wrote. I wanted people to know that you're yeah. the reason Los Lobos is aware of this. It's you. Well, yeah, I guess. Well, you. They would have found out anyway, but you told Steve Berlin about it. Right. And then as soon as I told him, they didn't win another game. <laughs> they didn't win another game. The song was never heard again. And the other thing is you couldn't play it. Like you couldn't play it on the off days. It was strictly for, it was like home. the victory song. It's home after a home game victory. No, no. I, I think it was after any victory because they would play it in their locker yeah, but, room as well. But, but, okay, but in but, Edmonton, of course, they play it on the, right. on the, you know, on the, on the PA system and stuff like right. that. Right. 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 So and, now, uh, who, who, so do you think Tampa Bay gets by the Rangers? I'm kind of interested in this. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They killed okay. them tomorrow night. Yeah, they win it all. They win. Okay. They win. They beat the Rangers tomorrow. And uh, yeah, there's no way they're going to lose a game. They're not going to go back for a game seven in New York. They'll win it at home. They'll okay, the Tampa Bay and Colorado sounds Tampa like a Bay great and Colorado. Series. Well, I picked. Uh, you know, I picked Colorado to win the Stanley Cup. I got four to one odds. I made a big bet on Bodog. You know that. Good Already, you, I told you that long time good for ago. you. I'm. Uh, oh. I'll be rooting for them. Uh, I'm tired of the Lightning winning this cup. Let's let's let let's uh, share the wealth here. Right. All right. Before we go, I got to mention the disappointing coverage of the Canadian Open uh, at St. George's on TV yesterday. I was really disappointed that TSN didn't show anything until 3 p.m. and they're not mm. showing anything today until 3 p.m. There's no coverage until 3 p.m. All right. You want to grow the game? Blah blah. I'm not sure you can grow the game of golf anymore now. That's another thing. I don't know. I think it might have reached its peak of growth now. But in the meantime, you know, how can a Canadian, how can, there's no Canadian network nowhere that's going to show us, I don't, it doesn't have to be whole to whole by whole coverage, but something, nothing. Yesterday, the Golf Channel had it on all day. Yeah. And all these Golf Channel commentators are from the States. They don't know fuck all about Canada. And all they do is they make hockey references, (laughs) right? Guy sinks a long putt. He scores. It's a goal. He raises his putter like a hockey player raises his stick. It's the low-hanging fruit, right? Oh, the my Canadian God. And then players. on the 16th hole, they've got what, are, what, are, what amounts to boards, like hockey boards surrounding the tee box, <laughs> right? So that people are like, and the tee, and the tee markers, the tee blocks are hockey masks, right? So it's right. like we're encouraging them with this hockey theme, and all, all of the marshals are wearing referees, striped jerseys. But still, no Canadian angle. I didn't see Bob Weeks and James mm. Duffy and Graham Dillette for like hours yesterday, hours. Okay. Normally they'll do cut in saying, you know, here's how Mackenzie Hughes did. Here's some Corey right. Connor shots, fucking nothing. I was embarrassed. All they talked about was Roger Sloan's orange pants because luckily for them, Sloan was playing while it was being broadcast by the golf channel. No Canadian content, fucking awful. 
Well, Hebsey, is this a is this a rights thing? Is this one of those legal? I guess matters? it is, but still, come on, TSN, like, so, come on. But, but if they can't do it, they can't. Ah, come do on, it. and they then they Not signed a shit. And they signed a shit deal. No, they signed a shit deal then. Right. They might have the one for the one deal. for the Canadian Open, the one where yeah. you've got a fifteen Canadians or whatever it is. Right. Oh, nobody watches Thursday and Friday. We'll have lots of coverage Saturday and Sunday. Come on. Cover it. Like, how much can it cost you, really? Okay, instead of running the promos, do an insert. Do, right. do every time you go to commercial. I think Bob Weeks okay. lives at that golf course. Then, well, no, he doesn't live. He's on Weston, I think. Actually. Well, but close enough. enough. But close the point enough. Of my point is this. <laughs> it's the national championship. Right. You've got the rights. Okay, the Golf right. Channel has the rights for the first two days. I get it. You know, right. can you can you not go to the Golf Channel guy saying, listen, I can, you know, throw us a bone, show a shot of a Canadian guy. You know, right. once in once in four hours, they had a lead the leaderboard of top Canadians. That was it. Whereas we're used to like, OK, let's go to 15 and see how Corey Connors is doing. And Jim Nelford is following him around. None of that anymore. Like Fucking none. All right, I'm out. That's it. Hebsy out. Sign me out. By the way, Bruce Cassidy of the Bruins. You hear this? OK, he goes. He, he gets told a couple of weeks ago by the GM, Don Sweeney, your job is safe. Your job. Two weeks later, they fire him. Uh, Your job is safe, Bruce. <laughs> if anyone ever tells you that, run. Run. Hebsy, no your job on Hebsy and Sports is safe. I want you to know that. <laughs> That's it for episode 288 of the aforementioned podcast, Hebsy on Sports. Thanks to Toronto Mike, as always, for production and inspiration. Thanks to our fabulous sponsor, CrosswindsGolf.com. Was out there the other day with my buddy Malcolm. Just gorgeous. So nice. Check it out, crosswindsgolf.com. Save $10 per golfer if you book your tee time online. That's 40 bucks for a foursome. See how I figured that one out? And a big thank you to our guest, Darren Pang from Central Michigan. Oh, he was TNT. fantastic. So good. Uh, we'll have to have him back. We we never have enough time, but a great storyteller and um, lives on the same lake as Wayne Presley and Joey Koser. How about wow. that? Uh, big thanks to Panger. And thanks to you for allowing us into your headspace. We know you have other places to go. We know you have other podcasts to listen, listen to. We're glad you listened to us. Back with another episode next week when our guest will be TBA. <laughs> That's a great guest, Hebsey. Can't confirm yet. Working on a big name. Until then, so long for now.